0: Today's scripture reading will be coming from Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses 1 through 10. So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands, but no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is with the good, so with the sinful, as it is with those who take oaths so with those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The heart of the people, moreover, are full of evil and there is madness in their hearts while they live. And afterward, they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward. And even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart. For God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life, and in your toilsome labor under the sun, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom..
1: Thank you. Good morning. Okay, I had to make sure I was on. Ecclesiastes is where we'll be this morning, and uh, we get to enjoy a pretty day today, inside and out, don't we? Before we get into our text, let's begin with a prayer, please. Father, we are so very grateful how you've blessed us, how you've loved us. We know, Father, that you've done more than we could ever imagine. We want you to be honored and glorified by what we do, by what we say. And we know, Father, that you are worthy of all that we could offer and so much more. We come to you this morning, Father, asking for your help, that you would open our eyes to see what we've chosen to be blind to, that you will open our minds to your word, open our hearts to you and to each other, to help us to grow in our faith, to become more of the people you want us to be in every way, help us to deepen our love for you and for each other, and to live today with the hope and joy that you give us in Christ. We're grateful for that life that you've given us through him. The forgiveness. How you've made us holy. You've made us yours. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. <clears throat> you know, if uh, and a lot of people have. If I got up this morning and said, I have the secret to life. Right here, and for forty nine ninety five, I will be able no, I won't. But isn't that the way it works in this world that we have folks who have the secret to success? The key that you need to be able to do wonderful things in this life. The secret to relationships, so that you can find the man or woman of your dreams, so that you can have deeper relationships for all your life. The secret to it, in every way. The secret to life. And the thing about that phrase is that it is enticing, isn't it? Or have somebody come along and say, I know just what each of us needs to be able to get through this world. To be able to handle all that comes along. So when we look at that book of Ecclesiastes, in a way, it, it feels like that. Because in Ecclesiastes, we, we get to see, oh, I, I meant to share this with you. I think Groucho Marx maybe had a key to the secret of life. It says the secret of life. I mean, it is honesty and fair dealing, and if you can fake that, you've got it made. Just keep in mind, great philosopher Groucho Marx. Now, some of the younger folks, I will you need to go look up Groucho for sure. Uh, when you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, and we open that up, it, there's so much promise that's held there. Because you think about who's written this. Solomon, given wisdom by God. The one who can teach us, that can tell us what he's learned in life and lays it all out. And so as we begin reading in verse 1, the words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. And, and all that we can anticipate and think, this is just what we need to be able to figure out life. This is just what we, we want to understand and, and to open that up. Because I need to know, I want to understand how to get through this world. How to make my life better. How to become more of what I need to be. And this, the secret to life may be here. And so you open up these pages and you start to read. And what do we begin in verse 2? Meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labels at which they toil under the sun? And on and on and on. In the first chapter, you're anticipating something wonderful and good. And what does Solomon give you? Uh, What's the use? I mean, look at it. Why even try I mean, my goodness, it's it's, it's like on and on saying, look, generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun sets and hurries back to it rises. It almost seems like everything we do. Have you all ever felt like Groundhog Day that you live the same day over and over and over again and it doesn't feel like there's anything meaningful at all that goes on? And so we keep going around this circle. It says, no one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. It almost sounds like, man, this isn't a pick-me-up book at all, is it? Any of you all excited about di- to dive into it? I mean, already he started telling us about how everything is just smoke. It's nothing. It looks like there's something there, and it just... Why even give it a go? You know, when you open this up, I mean, for me, I want to open this up and go, come on, tell us something meaningful. Tell us what life is really all about. Tell us what we can, how we can get through all of this. Now, he does do something for us that, that I think is useful because he starts out saying, you know, look. You know, we, we all wrestle with wanting to avoid feeling like life is meaningless. We want something to be worthwhile. And so he says, look, let me tell you what I've tried out that didn't work out. Because all of us can be tempted to chase after things that are really empty promises. That they, they give a promise to us that really has no substance to them. And, and what's surprising is what he starts with. I mean, you get it later on in, verse one, in chapter 1, beginning verse 12. He says, look, I wanted, I wanted wisdom. I wanted to understand. I dove into it. So I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also madness and folly. But I learned that this, too, is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. You know what he just told us there? Ignorance is bliss. And he says, wisdom? It's like I worked hard to try to understand. And what I found out is it told me things that I didn't want to know about life. About this world. It's like, why did I even put up all this effort to do this? It ended up being not what I wanted. It, it resulted in sorrow. It, wrote, it resulted in grief. It made my heart heavy just to have that, that true picture of what went on. So how about this? He goes to, oh, I, I meant to say hey, chapter 2. I, I meant this as well. For the wise like the fool will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise, too, must die. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. And he looked at it and said, all the wisdom I, I gained, what did it mean in the end? What did it do? What difference did it make? So let's give it another, another go. Now that's supposed to be verse 1 through 11. Um, in chapter 2, he said, okay, you know what we ought to try out? If, if wisdom doesn't get it, let's try Pleasure. The things that make us feel good in life. And so he, he goes through a whole long list. He so come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what was good. But it turned out to be meaningless as well. And when he looked at all the... the, the All the things. He talked about laughter. He talked about wine. He talked about having great projects and things that went on. He talked about riches. He talked about sexual uh, relationships with, I mean, just all kinds of things that went on. And all of that as he went through it, he says, Yet when I surveyed, surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Everything he tried to draw into his life to make life feel like it was worthwhile, at least some kind of... some Pleasure and everything that went on at the end of it all. Do you know what riches meant? Nothing. You know what all the laughter and everything? Nothing. The projects that he did? Nothing. Chasing after the wind. And it, it was just empty in all of it. So then he said, well, okay, what do we do? Let's put our, let's make our life meaningful by putting our minds to work, making a difference in this world. So what do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. And if you all have your work continue as you go to bed, you're trying to rest and your brain's still working. And he says, you, you, you've got this job, you've got this business, you've got all this coming together, and you put it all together and then you come to it and it's like, I'm going to accomplish great things. And then you, you look at it at the end and go, why? Why did I do all that? So I I think in all of this, you start to look at it and you think, my goodness, this is one of the most downer books in the whole Bible. I mean, what does he leave us? That we don't walk away depressed. And he makes it worse. He's going to go another step because then he goes, you know, then I said to myself, take the fate of the fool. The fate of the fool will overtake me also. What do I gain by being wise? This is meaningless. Uh, For the wise like the fool will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise too must die. Do you know what he just said right there? We're all going to die anyway. Isn't that pick-me-up? Look, we could work hard, but we're going to die anyway. We could do some great things, but, you know, we're going to die anyway. You start to to bring this out. Now, chapter 3, he says, Surely the fate of of human beings is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. All have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless. All go to the same place. All come from dust. And to dust, all return. Now, kids, this doesn't mean you can't do your homework, all right? The teacher will not take an excuse to say... Why do our homework? We're going to die anyway. But when you listen to Solomon, that's just like he, he's laid out for us. And you, you go, all that we think we've gained, everything that we think that we've done in this life, what ultimately happens. You know, the, we have the phrase, you can't take it with you. And we live like we do. And he says, what difference did it make? Now, it's here that he begins to provide some depth and some meaning to what actually goes on in life. If we stopped the sermon here, we'd all just go, Why even go to lunch? We're going to die. Well, or you may go, Might as well go eat as much as we want because we're going to die anyway. But he, he's going to give us something to think about. So, in chapter 9, where he lays out in our reading, he said, No matter who you are, the righteous, the wicked, the good, the bad, the clean, the unclean, those who offer sacrifices, those who do not, as it is with the good, so with the sinful, as it is with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take them. With everybody, no matter who you are, we all meet the same fate. No matter, we're, That's true. Nobody gets out of this world alive. And so when we look at our lives, when we're young, we feel like we've got forever. And as we get older, we realize we don't. And eventually, one day, one day, every one of us, in a hundred years, who of us will be still here on this earth if it's still, if it's continued? You now we got some of the little ones, Mike. I won't be. And so that truth, that life is limited, is one that ought to cause us to change how we view today. Because the reality is we sometimes act like we've got forever in this world and make our decisions and choices based on we've got plenty of time. As opposed to yesterday's gone. I have no idea what will be tomorrow, but today. Today I have today. And it's today that we live, no matter what comes, no matter what happens. And so in here, he words it to where we could uh, wrestle with it. But it says anyone who is among the living has hope. There are possibilities because we still are breathing and living in this world. Because we still are alive, there are possibilities for what can be today. And the idea that it's, it's so much better to be a, a a live dog than a dead lion. We could talk about it. you know I'm a lion but I'm dead. And you know lions are great. A dead lion, no threat at all. In living, we have an opportunity with today, and so when we have that opportunity, that we have this hope, we have the possibilities of what can be. And so it's today that that things. That today that we can make a difference. It's today that we can actually make choices about what we're going to do in our living. It's today that, that we live in every aspect of things. We know in chapter three, y'all, y'all have heard this before. When he lays this out, he says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, and a time to give up. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to mend. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. All of those things happen when? The opportunity for any of those to happen is today. Today. And so we, we choose what's going to be today. It's here and today that we make a difference in life. It's today that we we actually have this moment of what will be. And and the thing about this is we have to remember have y'all ever been told at your age? But the reality is, how many of y'all have been the age you've been you are now before? None of us. Know what it is to act our age because we just got where we are now. Every one of us is a beginner. Every one of us is a beginner because we're learning how to live life where we are now. What we learned in the past may be helpful today, but the reality is we we have changed so much that no matter how old we are, we're having to learn how to get where we are now. Because <laughs> when you think about it, how many of y'all... When you're on the older end of things, how long do we take to heal? We're having to learn how to deal with that. How many of us don't get down on the floor very often anymore because we have to make sure we can get back up? We're still learning how to adjust to life as we go. And we know with the little ones, they're learning the whole way. But no matter what age you are, you're learning about life. You're learning what needs to be. You're learning how to get through. And because all of us are beginners means this is our opportunity to learn. To learn about life, about what ought to be, because today we have an opportunity to learn. And because we're learning, we're learning what matters right now. We're learning what we need to focus on, what, we, what really matters in life. So some of the things that he talks about in chapter 12, he, he gives us these words. He says, not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out this and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find out just the right words, and what he wrote was upright two. and two. And there he says, we have an opportunity to learn today, to look at what words there are, to take those in and say, that's what that's all about. Because all of us, the reality is all of us are learned through our lives as opposed to all at once. I mean, how many of us have, have ever said to ourselves, I didn't realize it was going to be like this as an adult I wish I had known before, because then I would have opted out. And so, because we're learning as we go along, there is no way. Think about the things in life that you don't know till you get there. At, at every age, the little ones talk about school and how much they're looking forward to it. Those who are in school go, you don't know really what what school is till you get there. We could talk about driving, and somebody imagine what it'd be like to be driving, but till you get behind the wheel and you start having to figure it out, then you learn. What it's really all about. We can talk about marriage. It, I love, I love premarital counseling. Because you anticipate what it's going to be like. But the reality is, do you know what it's like to be married before you've gotten married? There are some things you learn after the fact. you know what it's like to have a baby? We have ideas, but till you've actually had your own child there that you, they sent you home from the hospital with this baby, without an instruction manual, and you're supposed to keep this 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 baby alive in this world and healthy. I don't know how how any of us manage to get through life because every parent is a beginner. And every step of life, we know we've got to learn. And so we want to grab a hold of these words, that opportunity to hear what matters, to understand them. So we we know, he says, it's better to heed the rebuke of a wise person than to listen to the Song of Fools. Listen to what people have to say and learn from them. And grab a hold of it. Chapter 7, 9, and 10. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. In other words, here's the opportunity to learn that anger in, in the moment isn't really the best course of action. That we need to learn how to take care of our emotions in those times. Do not say, oh, here i pick on us older folks. Why were these, the old days better than these? For it's not wise to ask those questions. Do you know that every generation says the same thing? Do you know when, when we were all younger, that the older generations talked about how awful we were? And when they were young, the older generations were talking about how awful they were. It's been traditional for thousands of years for older generations to talk about how terrible it is that these younger folks, how they are nowadays. Maybe the thing we ought to do is just to be quiet and encourage them where they are. But we have to learn about that as we go along. And so today we we learn those things, that we have an opportunity to to listen when we need to hear. Words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. At the beginning their words are folly, at the end they are wicked madness, and fools multiply words. So now, I I love in chapter 10, verse 8-10. Sometimes, how many of you all have put off something because you don't know what will happen when you choose to do it? So whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be injured by them. If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. And in all of that, do you know, here's a reminder. In life, there are risks. But if you're going to choose, you've got to choose knowing there are risks. And do it anyway. So when we make a choice in life, we have to realize we cannot avoid risk in life by just avoiding making choices. And what we want to learn are the skills to be able to get us through life and the rewards that come from them. In verse 11, 1 to 2, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. Yet you do not know what what disaster may come upon the land. He just said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Sometimes we need to, what's the other phrase? Put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. But here he says we need to keep a real view of life and understand that there are things that come up that will happen that we cannot control. That's life. And we need to learn that and and draw close to it. There are some things in life that are better. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. That when we talk about the idea of having more Sometimes more is not better. Uh, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. And here's a, any of y'all struggle to sleep? Here's one one reason we may not sleep. He says, the sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much, but as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. Because they have to worry over it. Sometimes more is not better. But what what is better is to be together. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. How many of us think that having more will take care of our problems? And here he says, the people in our lives will get us through and matter more than what we possess as we go along. And so we've got to see see the better in life. A good name is better than fine perfume. Here's one that's a challenge. The the, The day of death is better than the day of birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting for death is the destiny of everyone the living should take this to heart that, that there there in life the challenges of loss and difficulty will help us to see what matters most in life we try to avoid these difficulties But when we come up to those times, we realize what's really precious. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Now, that patience being better than pride almost sounds like, well, sure, but how many of us live it out and worry more about ourselves than we do in, in being gracious with the people around us? Do not be, oh, this one's fun. Do not be over righteous, neither be over wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be over wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not to let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. I'll let you all chew on that a while. I think one end is self-righteousness, while the other is foolishness. And so he reminds us the idea of humility. Is so very important in life. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. So wisdom is good. It's better than empty talk as we go along. And I I think in life what he shows us is, is a dose of reality. Because when you look around this world, do you know what you will see, no matter what we may wish? For one thing, says, I looked and I saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed and they have no comforter. Power was on the side of their oppressors and they have no comforter. When we look at this world, there are things that are unjust and not right. And we can't fix it all. But when we come upon that, we have to know that's what's real in this world. And that's what we have to face and work through. Uh, in chapter 7, in this meaningless life of mine, I have seen both of these. The righteous perishing and the righteousness and the wicked living long in their wickedness. So there's no guarantee you can be the best person in this world. And it doesn't guarantee how long you'll live. You can be the worst and live a long life. And neither one of those is what determines this physical world and how long we live here. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you, you yourself have cursed others. Don't listen to what other people... don't. Don't worry about what other people may be saying. You know why? Sometimes we'll get all caught up in that and not realize... It's better to ignore so many things to be able to get through this world as we go along. Chapter 8, verse 11. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. And in this world, justice isn't, doesn't always happen like it ought to. All right, so now let's, let's finish up. What do we do to make this today meaningful? If we just have today, what are we going to do with it? And here is the writer's, Solomon's two things for us. Enjoy the simple things of life. Remember your creator. Now, if you're thinking those sounds like opposite, then let's look at what he says. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This, is, this too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? At the uh, Air Force Academy, I learned how to eat fast. Because you only had so much time. And sometimes that time was eaten up with other things. If you want to eat, you better do it now. You know what happens when we eat fast? We don't enjoy what we're eating. It's just a task. And in life, when we look around us and look at what God has given us, whatever you have for lunch today, How many of us stop to just enjoy whatever it is? To really taste it. Uh, Chapter 8, verse 15. I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of life God has given them under the sun. Find the joys of simple things. Now he, he gives us a little bit more. It says, go eat, from our scripture reading, go eat your food with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun all your meaningless days. Today, enjoy what you have. Enjoy what is. Because this is what we have is just today. And in this moment, we get to enjoy just wearing what we wear. We get to enjoy the people we love today. We get to enjoy the simple things God has given us. Now you may, may think, that how does that fit with what God wants for us? But the thing is, is oh, I, I skipped this one. We also need to enjoy the moment. Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. Enjoy the day you have. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Enjoy life. Be aware of eternity. No matter what we have. Now, the thing about this is the idea of living with joy, is it contrary to what living for God? Is it, is, does God look down on us living today with joy? And if you look at these scriptures that we read, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, he says, you know, talking about nothing better to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This is from the hand of God. That God has given us. Our lives. God has given us what we are the food that we have, everything before us. God has given us these things. And to find joy in the moment is what we have. And so because God has given us this, remember we know that when we come to remember your Creator, we're remembering He's the one that's given us life. He's given us what we have. And it's to Him that living today is where we honor Him. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Remember your Creator. Live for God today. Live your life now. At chapter 5. You know, I, was, I'm, I think I packed too much into this, but y'all read Ecclesiastes. Guard your steps. When you go to the house of God, go near to listen rather than offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. To take your day and know, know what you're capable of and live for God in this moment. Taking joy in what he's given you, taking joy in what he's provided in everything. Because ultimately what he says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. We live acknowledging that we have been given the opportunity of today by God himself. I think what we sometimes do. Any of y'all remember Rube Goldberg? Anybody know that name? Oh, one. You do now. Rube Goldberg. Now, this has been a while ago. You can tell. Uh, But he wrote, he, he drew a lot of cartoons just like this. And most of these cartoons he titled, A Simple Way to, A Simple Way to Keep a Baby from Crying. Now, if you watch this, you close the door, now you got to follow along the string. It pulls the string to get the tennis racket to hit the ball, which it, well, doesn't look very simple, does it? And if you look up Rube Goldberg, what you'll see is a whole bunch of cartoons just like this. A Simple Way, A Simple Way to to make sure you wake up in the morning. A simple way, all over and over and over again. But the thing about, we may laugh at this, thinking, oh, I can't imagine making something so complicated like that. But the reality is, we all do this at times. That we'll lay out what makes life worthwhile, and we'll make it so complicated that we lose track of what we have in the moment. Instead of just simply living today. We can't go back to change what was. But today we can choose to live. And what God wants us to do today, for one, is to realize what's right in front of us. The food that we eat, the work that we do, the people we love. find joy right here, right now. Because it's in this moment that we're able to honor God who gave us life. For us, sometimes we we put remembering God as talking about what will be way down the line, but the reality is today is the only moment For us to live for Him. Can you imagine just stopping all the rushing around in our minds and our lives and take a moment to notice the good God has given us today? What is it that God has given you today to find joy? Who are the people he's blessed you with today? To notice God in this world is to see how He's provided for us in so many ways. The food that we eat, the life that we live. And when we talk about what He's done for us through Jesus, we live for Him today to set our hearts honor and glorify Him today. And we choose today what will be. Today may be the time for you to make the choice to put on Christ in baptism. Today may be the time for you to change how you've been trying to live your life. And we'll pray with you and walk with you Take some of the complexity out of it, to live for him. If you need to respond today, would you come now, we stand and sing?